0: U.S. bond yields are up again this morning. Investors are worried about all the new bonds the U.S. government is issuing. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, Raymond Yung is noticing some crucial developments deep in China's troubled apartment development sector.
1: It is now uh, reaching a tipping point that the Chinese government need to consider whether these funding models continue to uh, be sustainable.
0: first and five and five with ANZ. Number one, the US 10-year government bond yield, the treasury, is up eight basis points to 4.71% this morning. That's again as investors refocus on big US budget deficits and the growing need for investors to get higher real returns for handing their money over to the government for 10 years, the term premium, the real interest rate. Here's ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin.
2: The market is continuing to price that the equilibrium real interest rate in the economy is rising and it's probably going to stay high during this business cycle. And that's becoming more and more embedded in bond yields, which is why... I think today we've seen yields resume their rise following a rally last week on the news of the conflict in the Middle East.
0: Number two, a huge weight of new bond supply from the US government is affected too, says Brian.
2: But they're concerned that the US fiscal situation is going to be increasingly more difficult to finance, or that the U.S. Treasury is going to have to offer higher bond yields in order to be able to attract sufficient capital to cover its financing needs. The forecasts are that U.S. budget deficits over the next 10 years will average about 6% per annum. And then when you look forward over the next 30 years, they're actually expected to increase to about 10% of GDP per annum. But in the short term, markets are aware that budget deficits are high, that overseas bars of treasuries are diminished, uh, that the FOMC is selling down its bond holdings, not adding to them. And I think it's just driving an underlying trend towards higher bond yields over time.
0: Number three, Malaysia's government took its first steps towards a durable reduction in its budget deficits on Friday through some tax increases and reducing some fuel subsidies. Here's ANZ's Chief Economist for Southeast Asia and India, Sanjay Mathur to explain?
3: I think that there are two aspects to this. One is that they've taken some steps towards rationalization of the tax structure. So they've introduced three new sort of measures. The first is that there will be a capital gains tax on disposal of unlisted shares, as is the global norm. The second would be the enhancing the existing services tax in terms of both the breadth of coverage as well as higher rates. And the third would be Really, imposing a luxury tax on certain goods and services. The primary change is that from next year, albeit uh, you know it would be phased out, they would be reducing subsidies on diesel fuel. And over the course of the year, they would also be reducing the price of subsidized gasoline, which has been stuck at a very low level for the last three years.
0: Number four, Sanjay says Malaysia's government needs to stick to these revenue-raising measures over the next four to five years because of a worrying fiscal outlook.
3: The first is that the public debt-to-GDP ratio is quite high, at about 62% of GDP. And the second is that when we look at the interest payment, because of the high public debt, that is really taking up almost 16% of revenues. So in that sense, it is truncating the space to respond to shocks etc so they really cannot let go of this path that they've set out on
0: number 5 new zealand's annual inflation rate is set to accelerate back to 6.1% in data due out later today here's anz economist henry russell
1: Reacceleration in annual inflation is certainly going to have some shock factor, but it's important to note that there's a lot of noise in these data, Uh, specifically the end of the fuel excise subsidy and other public transport subsidies. That's set to add roughly 0.6 percentage points to to the headline inflation rate. These are all things that the Reserve Bank will look through. Uh, They'll be focused on what the underlying inflation pressures are doing. And we're expecting a moderation in core inflation, Uh, in the quarter, but the real question is whether it's going to be enough. We don't think that's going to be the case, and we think next week's data are going to reinforce the question of whether an OCR of 5.5% is going to prove sufficient to get sticky domestic inflation back down to target within a reasonable time frame. Henry Russell there.
0: Now, in our bonus deep dive interview, we take a closer look at the key part of China's economic slowdown – Heavily indebted local government financing vehicles, who've been working hand-in-glove with many of the now troubled apartment developers. ANZ's chief economist for Greater China, Raymond Jung, says this local government debt is about to hit a tipping point of 76% of China's GDP. He says if China's central government had to repay the debt over 20 years, it would cost as much as all the nominal GDP growth over the next decade. In the first part of our chat, I asked how the central authorities in China might solve the issue and whether they've started.
1: We have seen that a lot more is uh, uh, actually happening in the past few months because the government realized that they really need to deal with this problem seriously. We know that some local government started to extend the tenor and one local government, Zheng Yi, actually extended the tenor of the local government debt to or the LGFB uh, arrangement with banks to 20 years. Now, on average, this type of LGFV debt uh, with an average tenor of two to three years in the past, uh, which means that the, now it's come to the point with the uh, more realistic assessment of the cash flow to this LGFV investment could not support a short tenor of um, the uh, LGFV exposure, but rather If they really want to use the fund to invest in infrastructure projects, you've got to have a longer tenor in order to support those type of uh, infrastructure investment, which means that 20 years, to me, seems to be a uh, more reasonable horizon to assess the economic uh, viability or financial viability of the uh, LGFV loans. Some other uh, measures as the government is doing include uh, asset disposal, which means that some of the uh, assets they find more profitable and they're able to get some buyer willing to acquire those assets they are cutting down the exposure. And um, some of the cases involving default uh, ultimately will involve some haircuts as well, and these uh, have been happening. So um, this is uh, actually what is going on, you know, locally uh, in the Chinese uh, bond market.
0: Just stepping back for those people who haven't uh, heard much about the local government financing vehicles and why they're important in China's property sector and its overall economy, Could you tell us how they were involved in the growth of cities over the last decade or so?
1: Yeah, this term is very interesting called Local Government Financing Vehicle, which means that they are uh, acting like an SPV, providing additional funding to the local government because of the financial constraint of the uh, official book of the local government. It's actually started way back uh, to 1992, the first uh, LGFB was set up in Shanghai. And uh, in the past 10 years, particularly after the 4 trillion stimulus package launched by the uh, central government and encouraged local government to uh, urbanize the economy and uh, develop a lot of infrastructures, then uh, local governments um, uh, echoed the call and set up a lot of uh, LGFB for. The infrastructure building, you know, uh, and also the overall urbanization of the Chinese economy. Now, apparently, this funding vehicle has been very successful in boosting growth, uh, in um, funding uh, fixed asset investment uh, in China. Now, at the same time, some of the investment do um, support uh, some future increase in the growth potential of overall uh, economic development. It is now uh, reaching a tipping point that the Chinese government need to consider whether these funding models continue to. be sustainable.
0: Raymond Young there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Tuesday, October the 17th. Catch you tomorrow with the latest on New Zealand inflation. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the
1: podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.